Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. I gave my top five. I don't watch this show, but I'm going to add it to my list of watching. But again, I'm doing no trauma, nothing that's triggering. So I'm not talking about anything that could trigger, you know, or give you any kind of like anxiety, like The Handmaid's Tale. But I don't think this is, this is sci-fi. This is sci-fi. Anybody watch? Okay. 866-801-8255. So it's a show. It's called For All Mankind. It's science fiction, which I actually love. It's on Apple TV. Um, and it's oh, it's an alternate history that looks at the world as if as if the space race had never ended after the mm. Soviet Union succeeded to become the first to the moon ahead of the United States, which could have happened if not for Katherine Johnson. It stars Joel Kinnaman, who I love as well. He's the leading uh, NASA astronaut. And uh, Michael Dorman's in it. Sarah Jones is in it. And this woman is in it as well. Uh, her name is Chris Marshall. And Hi, guys. welcome her to the show. Chris <laughs> hey. Marshall. Hey. Hello. Show yourself. Where are you? <laughs> you know what? I am all sweaty from a stunt rehearsal, so we're going to have to just do the audio today. No video today. Okay. I mean, Yay, we're stunt ju- rehearsal. We're not very judgy here, but okay. All right, Chris Marshall. Chris with a K. All right, first of all, where are you from originally? Uh, originally, I'm from Atlanta. Oh, originally from Atlanta? Like, there are no black, most black people in Atlanta are from New York. Or someplace else. (laughs) Nobody's originally from Atlanta. No, no, no. I'm from Georgia girl. I'm from Atlanta, um, but moved to LA about 10 years ago. Okay. All right. So how did you, how did you get into acting? Um, I remember when I was really little and watching the Cosby show and just thinking like, man, that looks like so much fun. I didn't realize that like, that they weren't a real family, just thinking like, this looks cool. And then my mom explained to me like, oh no, those are actors. This is what they do for a living. So I feel like since I was a kid, I've always known that I wanted to be a performer. But then um, as I got older and really started to study and went to drama school and things like that, then I realized like, okay, this is something I could really do with my life. So yeah. And and getting this role, because uh, mm-hmm. again, I, I love sci-fi, um, and I'm really leaning into a lot of this, uh, you know, Afrofuturism as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you getting this role, we were. I was just. There's a documentary right now on Uhura, um, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. Um, Nichelle Nichols. I think mm-hmm. that, that's how you say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, first black woman in space. Um, what did you have to study that or did you want to come differently? Cause this is a role that you're playing in season two and it just got yeah. greenlit for another season. Um, mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I hope to see black people in the future. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, so, uh, Nichelle Nichols was, um, a huge part of like the first founding folks of black folks being in sci-fi. I mean, typically when people think about science fiction, they think about, you know, white guys in outer space and even like the NASA program, as we see it, the early Apollo program, you think about um, Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong. And then later on, it's guys like, um, you know, Brad Pitt and Ad Astra or Ryan Gosling and First Man, like the the face of um, outer space and of the NASA program is usually white men. Um, so, you know, coming into this role, I knew that I had really big shoes to feel, um, really big shoes to fill. Um, you know, Ahura was on Star Trek, which was amazing, but it was fictional, you know, so we really haven't seen what it looks like to be a black astronaut in an, in an 
in a factual sense, you know, not just in the non-fictional, you know, sort of sci-fi world of it all. Um, the cool thing about our story is that because it's uh, an alternate timeline, my character, Danielle Poole, is the first black person, not just the first black woman, but the first black person in outer space in 1972, which is a full 20 years before Mae Jemison, who was the first mm. black person to go to outer space. So it's kind of wild because, you know, in real life, Mae went to, to orbit in the early 1990s. And since then, there have only been two other black female astronauts. The last one was in 2006. So I think for a lot of people, you sort of assume that once the glass ceiling is broken, then from that point forward, it's just a flood of black folks everywhere. And that's actually not the case. I mean, since 1992, there have been three black women. That's it. And there hasn't been one in, you know, 15 years. What do you make of that? You know, because clearly, well, yeah, racism. You know, that's the, that's the everything. <laughs> you know, but I think about, you know, when I think about black people, I think about folks that actually invented science, you know, mm -hmm. and, I, and again, because our history sh can't start with slavery. It cannot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we invented the slavery. Uh, excuse me. We didn't, we probably did th do that too. We invented <laughs> science. We, we, the calendar that we use to the, to this day mm -hmm. comes from the Egyptians. Uh, the, the, the way that we think about time, is Egypt? I mean, it's it's interesting to me that we live in a world that is foundationally Egyptian, yet we negate all things black uh, as mm -hmm. inferior, um, mm -hmm. and and so it's weird, you know, that that we don't have a plethora of people. And and again, we wouldn't be at the moon if not for those black women, exactly. you know. And Katherine Johnson was the only one who literally mm -hmm. charted the course. Mm -hmm. So you know, how do we how do we reframe that? You know, as we struggle through uh, telling the truth about our history here. I think that we reframe it um, the same way that you do anything that's massive. You know, they say like, a, how do you eat an elephant? And it's like bite by bite, right? Mm -hmm. One bite at a time. Um, I think that with this, like all we can do is chip away bit by bit, each of us in all of our industries. So whether it's your show, Karen, and you guys are, you know, presenting black talent um, in an intelligent light and a thoughtful light, or you have people like Venus and Serena who are dominating in an industry that was entirely white for a very long time, or you have a story like mine and for all mankind. Like, I think if we think about it in this massive global way, it becomes overwhelming. And when you get overwhelmed, you feel like you can't do anything. Um, but I think if each of us can find a small way in our own industries, even if you're working, you know, HR at an insurance company, like how can I find ways in my everyday life to promote um, black excellence and to show the world that, um, that we are more than just our stereotypes. Um, something I just saw the other day, I, I don't know if you guys have already talked about this, but I just saw that the NFL has just agreed to stop um, this sort of racial profiling that they do when an, act, when a, an athlete has um, concussions or kind of like, uh, you know, head brain injuries. I guess I didn't realize this, but all along they'd always been um, monitoring every black NFL player under a lower scope with the assumption that he began with lesser brain function than his huh? white counterparts. What? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I actually well, have that you story have, for so, today. So you have, well, yeah, very so you have serious. two, <laughs> so you have two yeah. NFL players, both who are concussed, one who's white, one who's black. If the cognition on the white one is slightly less than the black one, they assume that the black one began at a lower, just at a lower frequency because we're just genetically dumb, I guess. And so that I never even heard about this. And oh, the fact that, that this sort of thing is becoming a part of the forefront, that the NFL is exposing themselves in this way and agreeing to stop seeing black people as just genetically dumb and look at a brain for what the brain is and whatever section is con contused or whatever, that's important, you know? So I think if each of us just take a look at what we do every day at the industries that we work in and say, how can we break apart what at one point was really screwed up racial norms? Well, hey Chris, the NFL, is... uh, they got they got hit with a lawsuit and they just settled a mm -hmm. uh, billion dollars. They got hit with a lawsuit for doing what they uh, what is called race norming, mm -hmm. race norming uh, and probably making the settlement billion dollar settlement uh, led to a change of policy because uh, they were, you know, they're going to lose. They were going to lose probably a lot more. Uh, so this uh, this case was actually settled on Wednesday. Uh, so they made the change on Wednesday, 866-801-8255. I'm glad you did bring it up. I wasn't going to bring it up today, but uh, uh, you're right. <laughs> you know, you absolutely, Chris Marshall is here. Uh, for All Mankind is is the TV show. It is on Apple TV. It has been greenlit for another season. She came in season two as a regular, as an astronaut. You're playing an astronaut. Um, mm. How important is this? You know, as we as we move into and and you haven't been in many things, so to mm -hmm. to come in to this role, you know, at such a level, and you're killing it from everything that I've read. Um, Thank you. This is important, I think. Yeah, um, you know, I am like many actors. I think that um, it's hard to see the work until you get to a certain level, you know? So I hear you say like, oh, you haven't been in many things, but I've been grinding it out for a long time, you know? And I think that um, oftentimes folks look and see what's the biggest thing you're doing. This is, you know, clearly it for me right now, but it's a long, hard road. You know, I came up doing theater. I lived in New York for many years and did theater there, um, did commercials. I mean, slogged it out, like, you know, you name it, I've done it all. Played small roles. I played, you know, my very first role on TV was I played a hooker on Criminal Minds. Um, so, you know, I've, I've come up in this industry for quite some time and now I'm, you know, sort of getting to, to reap the benefits of that hard work. Um, you know, this role, uh, was intimidating to say the least. Um, I am an actor, you know, I don't know the first thing about science, technology, engineering, mathematics. I don't, you know, I couldn't tell you the weight of a hundred pound person on Neptune. You know, I don't know these sort of things. And so not only is this role, um, an enormous responsibility as an actor, but then there's also the macrocosm of like, okay, I'm, I'm representing a black astronaut. I'm representing my people. I'm representing women. Like there's all this sort of pressure. So, um, none of that is lost on me. Um, you know, we're in the midst of shooting season three right now. Um, but last year, you know, of course, during the pandemic, when everyone was, you know, at home and out of work, um, our show was still, you know, in the midst of shooting season two. And of course, America has its racial reckoning. Um, so there were many times when I was doing interviews for the show and doing press and things like that, where it was like, um, you know, like, like, uh, the, you know, that meme of Spider-Man pointing at the other Spider-Man, like it's like you're living the life, but you're also talking about the life because in the story, mm -hmm. I am this sort of 
token, this example. And in my show, I'm the only black person. You know what I'm saying? So every time we do an interview, anytime the conversation around race or George Floyd or, you know, Brianna Taylor comes up, everyone looks right at me. And so it's like, I'm having to both play this role, which is fictional, but then I, Chris Marshall, am also held with the responsibility of like being, you know, able to hold my own publicly and speak with with distinction in these, you know, environments where oftentimes I am the only black person. Um, so it has been um, a decent amount of pressure for sure. But the one thing that gives me solace and comfort in all of this is knowing that I don't have to do it alone. There are women like uh, Felicia Rashad and Angela Bassett, the women who I grew up watching on TV, who did this on their own, by themselves. It was a whole lot harder. They had a whole lot less representation. And if they can do it, you know, I get to stand on their shoulders. So uh, for whatever pressure or responsibility I have, it pales in comparison to the women who came before me. And I'm just so grateful I get to carry the baton for a little while. Hey, hey, Chris, this is Lamont. Hey. All right. So I, I, here's my question. This is about about the show itself. Um, yeah. I'm a big sci fi fan. I found myself over uh, the pandemic, over the lockdown, mm-hmm. watching, just binge watching similar kinds of shows, mm-hmm. you know, us going to Mars and 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 a lot of them have, you know, repeating themes. Is mm-hmm. there anything that you could share from, a, from <laughs> an insider standpoint? Is, is, are they showing us things that are possible? Like, are, are we five, 10 years away from a lot of this stuff uh, from a technology standpoint? You know, I can't tell you too much because, as you know, my show is produced by Apple. So they got me oh. under 80 different NDAs. So I don't want to oh. get sued or arrested. But um, I will say this. <laughs> um, the show is not just, you know, fiction out of the blue. A lot of sci-fi shows deal with aliens and, mm-hmm. you know, Star Wars and crazy kind of things like that. Um, our show is really strongly founded in reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have technical advisors who were engineers at NASA. Um, we have an actual astronaut, Garrett Reisman, who is retired now, but was last in space, I think in 2015, 2016. And he's a consultant on our show. So every single bit of technology that you see on our show is feasible with the technology that we have now. Mm. Um, and even some of the the designs that we have, like for James Town, our, our moon base, those are based in real designs that NASA came up with to create a permanent habitat on the moon in based, the 1970s. Based on the real base that's there, right? So there is, <laughs> there is no base on the moon right <laughs> now. <laughs> but, you know, we do I tried have... To get you. I tried to get right? you. But we do have, <laughs> currently on Earth, we have bases on Antarctica. We have bases deep, deep ocean, you know, like there are extreme environment bases that are already in existence. And I know it sounds kind of crazy, but like there's not much of a difference between an underwater base that's a thousand feet under the sea level as, you know, a base on the moon. You know, we're still talking about these enclosed habitats that are pressurized, um, that are dangerous, but that are for science. So, you know, the work that we do, obviously our show is an alternate reality, so none of this stuff has happened yet, um, but it's based on, you know, real facts and figures of what could happen, for sure. Mm. <laughs> you sound very believable. <laughs> Hi, Chris. I'm Joyelle. Happy Hi, Pride. Um, Yay! I love your posts that you just, you know, came out as pansexual. What was your inspiration for doing that? This pride? Was there any impetus for that? Or you just wanted to share your experience with people? 
Hey, Joyelle. Um, wow. Yeah, you know, so funny. <laughs> I didn't realize that I was coming out. Um, right? I, yeah, you know, everybody who knows me and who, you know, has known me for ages has known um, who I am. And so for me, it just feels like very second nature. Um, but I, yeah, wanted wait, to, I'll just wait, say wait, this. Wait, wait, wait. So wait, I, I'm, I'm reading a post now. You, mm -hmm. you wrote once upon a time, a pan girl and a straight boy met and fell in love. <laughs> yeah. They got married and lived happily ever after the end. Happy pride mm -hmm. month from our modern family to yours. First of right. all, what is pan sexual? Yeah. So, um, pan just means that like um a person who when they meet someone they see them as they are as a whole person not as their gender first um so i guess you know someone could call that bisexual i mean there are lots of different terms for it but it basically just means that like you're you know falling in love with a person for their energy um for who they are for the content of their character um so I am married to a man. So, you know, I, I, I recognize that we are a straight passing couple. My husband is straight. And from the outside looking in, it's like, oh, this is a straight couple. Um, but I think it's important, especially in the black community, for us to normalize other types of relationships, other types of feelings. Um, there can be a lot of homophobia in the black community. And so um, I hadn't really intended on, you know, coming out per se, but I try as best as I can to normalize conversations around um, mental health, around interracial relationships, around um, the industry and the business, and really be frank about like what this thing is and, and kind of lifts some of the veil off of a lot of conversations that for so long were taboo. So, so your husband, so your husband is not black. He's not. <laughs> So there's, I mean, you know, and, and it's important. I think, you know, people are people and we, sh we need to mm -hmm. learn how to love folk, however they show up in the world and, mm -hmm. and mind our business. More importantly, if, if it's good for you, <laughs> if you like it, I love it should be, you know, our, our motto, you know, but we are in a very strange racially charged space, you know, yeah. and to, to come out, whatever that means and, and have, you know, these, these, um, declarations, have you gotten a lot of backlash? None. By the grace of God, none. I know. It's hard to believe. I see your faces. It's hard to believe. Um, you know, I can't explain it. I mean, I don't I don't know what it is. I think that, you know, maybe I got a bunch of haters out there and they're just giving me a little breathing room before they come hate on me. <laughs> but um, I think that we're living in a different time. You know, I think that we're living in a more um, in a more engaged in a more accepting world where we are truly seeing people for who they are and um meeting people where they are i think that's really important well um, that that too but also I, i'm gonna tell you that is uh uh it, from outward appearance yeah it's also people are are a little bit far behind because mm -hmm. even you explaining it i still don't don't necessarily grasp it but when i see the picture you look like a straight interracial couple sure so I don't know if you would get hate yet until somebody would be able to understand the definition of pan. Yeah. I feel like Can the lack you, of hate so, so comes from the lack of understanding. Identifying as pansexual, but you're in a heterosexual, whatever, all of this. Mm -hmm. You're in a relationship with a man that you're yeah. gonna, are, you're not in an open relationship. You, you oh. guys are committed to one no. another. So yeah. why does it matter? Why does it matter? Because, um, <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, Lamont, when you were, whatever, 12, 13 years old, before you uh, were with your first partner, you were still straight, right? Um, still. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so my point is, is that before you had a partner, before you had a girlfriend, before, oh, okay, you, fly, before you were with anybody, yeah. you were Lamont and you were born straight. So yeah. if you are married to a woman, you're still straight. And then if you and her broke up, you're still straight. So yeah. for me, it's like the, I guess why, why I think it's important. And I love that Joyle just, you know, said to herself representation is that, um, what matters is the content of who the person is, right? So I have fallen in love with this person who happens to be a five foot 11 white guy from San Francisco, right? But God forbid things didn't work out with he and I and he evaporated tomorrow. Then I would meet someone new and I don't know who that person would be, but mm -hmm. I do know that whoever I met would be someone who was a lovely person, who was interesting, who was intelligent, who was funny, who, you know, like Netflix and chill, like who enjoyed all the things that I enjoy. So that's what I'm saying. It's like mm. um, that, you know, in our relationship, you're right, we are in a heterosexual relationship. But who I am, who I identify as, is a person who sees love first. And yeah. you're also in a throuple. So, ah. <laughs> so, so there's that too. So that all, all mankind. You better clean is, that up, Karen. All right, all right, I right. know that you're teasing. <laughs> yeah. No. So Chris Marshall's in a throuple with her husband and a new uh, G wagon that uh, just oh, arrived. Okay. So uh, Chris, Chris Marshall's in a in a throuple with the car, and and all that says to me is that all mankind, your your money's good because I like that, you know, because you sound like somebody who's not going to spend uh, a buck forty on a vehicle unless you have way more than that stowed away somewhere and that your future is tied up. That's, that's what I'm seeing. Am I correct, Chris Marshall? I will just say this. Um, <laughs> my, uh, my, no, on a serious note, my mom grew up as one of nine kids. And I know a lot of folks from the South know exactly what I'm talking about. I have, I think, 37 first cousins. So I'm from a wow. really big family. Um, yeah. So I grew up, um, you know, even though we didn't grow up like that, we had, my mom worked really hard and, you know, we had nice things, but I grew up understanding the value of a dollar. And so for me, like paramount before the car, before all the stuff is I want to take care of my people. I want to take care of my family. I want to make sure that everybody I know and that I love is set. So you guys are teasing about the car and the car is cute, but what really matters to me and why I work so hard is because I want to, um, create financial freedom, you know, for my family, for my nieces, I want to help folks out. And I want to make sure that we can all win. And whether that's helping out with tuition, or it's, you know, paying a bill here and there, like, that, I think, is one thing that other races, I think, oftentimes have ahead of black folks is they got mm. that head start, you know, they get to inherit, they get to have uh, what do you call trust funds and things like that. And so they start off with a leg up, the race has begun, and they're 100 meters ahead. So so that's and, she, where I'm at. and you saw the love for the car first before you saw the make and model of it. So, and, I didn't, and, the, and the car, the car has no gender. There it is. There you go. Uh, you just said you got back from stunt rehearsal. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do yeah. your own stunts? You know I do. Mm. Oh my do, goodness! Can you tell me about the preparation for a stunt? Like, what's one of the most difficult ones that you were able to do and accomplish? So our show doesn't have, um, people usually think about stunts like fighting, um, and our show doesn't have really any fighting stunts, but all of the zero gravity and the mm. outer space stuff is all done on wires. Um, so I won't give away too much of the movie magic, but yeah, it's, 
it's it's a doozy you're up in the harness and you're 10 20 feet in the air and you're you know flying around you know you're making Mm -hmm. it look like you are um in outer space so kind of like how they did the moon landing back in Oh, you do not believe that the moon landing was fake. Come on, Lamont. Come on. I kind of like that. <laughs> the fun conspiracy theory. Yeah, that's, that's, his, that's his bag. I think he does believe that. <laughs> that's crazy. All right, so listen, All Mankind, season three, you're you're taping that now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what can we expect? Because I'm, I'm going to binge watch because that's what I do. I'm just going to take a weekend and then mm-hmm. hit all of the seasons. Yeah. What what are we expecting from your character? Because uh she's got funny eyes. Um is that <laughs> does that have something to do with is this is this part of her, her thing? Oh that... no, I think you're looking at Supergirl when I had the oh. the laser. Oh, I remember you from that. <laughs> I remember you from that. I actually you are right. I remember this episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm on your IB IMDB thing. Mm-hmm. I remember this. Yeah, Supergirl's <laughs> going away too, right? Uh, that's neither here um, yes, so what you that. can what you can expect from season three without giving away too much is Mars, 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 Mars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. M-A-R-S. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, and we got everybody trying to go there. Uh, Elon Musk, um, yep, Branson. Uh, they have a whole Mars project. We we actually have a family member of uh, the Karen Hunter show, Ken- Kendra Arbrister, who is signed up for the Mars project that she knows she's oh, not wow. coming back from. Yeah, oh. and I was like, yeah, we've had her on a few times. So, Sheesh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, listen, listen, this country's not jacked you. up. Not no, you're you. not coming back? What do you mean, no, this she's world. not coming back? What does yeah, that mean? Yeah, this world sucks. You know, look around. I mean, it's like, it's about to go down, Lamont. So, there, you know, exit strategy should be on the plate for everybody. Oh, I ain't mad at her. So, um, anyway. Uh, so, I would love to have you back season three. And and talk about all of the wonderful things that you can talk yeah. about because I'm so tired of people not being able to tell us anything because uh, uh. they got contracts <laughs> with Apple. <laughs> well, it was great chatting with you guys. You guys you are a too. good group. Thanks for having me on the show. Chris Marshall awesome. with a K K R Y S Marshall. Follow her on Instagram at Chris Marshall. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.